Welcome to episode nine of the Love Truth Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and today we're diving into the ways to change. We'll explore the journey of transformation and growth, looking at both the challenges and trends of personal change. From acknowledging past mistakes to setting a new course for the future, this episode is all about finding the courage to become the best version of ourselves. Whether it's through self-reflection, learning from others, or setting meaningful goals, we're here to discuss how real change happens. So grab your headphones, settle in, and let's embark on this journey together. Welcome to Love Truth Leadership. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Larry. Welcome to another episode of the Love Truth Leadership Podcast, everyone. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to cover a few things that I know I, I said that we were going to get into covering my life story, but I really feel like there's a lot to encompass and the timeline is kind of askew and it's something that I really need to sit down with and, and kind of flesh out. I was talking to somebody this earlier this week and I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do my life story podcast, I really should go get my, uh, my criminal record <laughs> because that way I can, I can date everything, you know, and, and have the dates put down in, into my criminal record and stuff. Cause I, in my mind, it's a little, it's hard to put, it's hard to pin down dates and, and the way that in the, orientation of of all the all the stuff that i've been through or that i've put myself through i should say um and i'm really quite not ready to unpack all that yet so i'm going to give you a quick snapshot of everything okay nick well can you share how you've coped with the decision of not fully disclosing your past at this point one of it is a it's a lot to unpack it's a lot to unpack and then two, there's still a lot of things that I'm not really comfortable with talking about. And, and like I just described, it's it's something that the timelines are, are very mixed up in my mind. And additionally, it's it's something that brings me a lot of displeasure with myself because of the things that I've done. And it... And I try not to live in regret and have regret for what I've done because it made me who I am. But there's a lot of it that I do regret doing. But my past has been a roller coaster, you know, some a lot of highs and a lot of a lot of lows and a lot of um, running with the law. I've spent time in jail. I've had struggles with substance abuse. I had a DUI. And uh, I would say one of the toughest parts of my of my past, and, and it has been my track record, record with relationships. Um, and I, you know, I opened up in our first episode about my daughter and the heartbreak of finding out that she wasn't, you know, biologically mine. Which was that's something that was still, as much as I try to say I don't live in that trauma, which I've I it's still something that influences my thought process, especially dealing with the opposite sex. Um, I've also had, you know, I've had a quite a few failed relationships, some that have been 
completely chaotic and some that have been, you know, a good relationship now that I've come to think about it, but it wasn't chaotic. So I, um, you know, it was something that I wasn't comfortable with or, you know, was waiting for the failure to come basically. So I would just end it myself or bring the chaos into the relationship. And actually, you know, my failed relationship is what it would have started, uh, this profound conversation with you, Larry. Wow, that's quite a, quite a journey you've had so far. So what was the turning point that, that made you realize you needed a change, Nick? I mean, just the basic realization that I needed a change. I needed to become a, a better person, become a better man, um, one who attracts positivity and substance into my life was a, was something that I wanted hardcore. And I knew if I, if I, um, kept going down the path I was going down or kept practicing the same, uh, thought processes and behaviors, I was not going to achieve that. I wanted to find balance, set positive goals, uh, discover a purpose that gives my life a meaning, which I feel like I'm on my way and we're working on, you and I are actually working on that together right now. Um, so how did you begin that process? Nick? Um, it's, it started, I would say it started with awareness. I started looking at the behaviors and how they affected my life and having the awareness to see that I need to change or I wouldn't have the life that I imagined for myself and take, uh, talking to people that I wanted to emulate and, and, uh, seeking, uh, help. And that's whenever I, you know, talk to you, I was like, I saw you coming into the bike shop quite regularly. And I'm like, man, this guy's got it going on. So let me talk to Larry. I remember the day whenever it was, uh, I think it was a guy that goes to the same church that you go to. And he's all like, wait, you're Larry, aren't you? And I'm like, okay. So he's got random people just walking up to him and asking it and saying, I want to sit down and have lunch with you. And like, that's who I want to be. I want to be the guy that people are like, oh, I want to talk to you and, and, you know, just sit down and have lunch with you. So with your guidance, I've been on this journey of self-improvement and I've learned a lot about myself. Um, so the first step that I would say, uh, you know, to, to recognizing that I needed to get into this process of change um, was being open to it and acknowledging that there were behaviors that I needed to fix. Hmm. This is good. So how significant was the role of observing and c- comparing yourself with, with others? That's where I really enjoy comparison. Um, I started, you know, by, because where I work, I see a lot of healthy people. And I, I always wonder, I'm like, okay, so what do they got going on? How do they maintain this? Um, and so I admire a lot of my customers that come into the bike shop. Um, so it started to help me identify negative behaviors, you know, that I wanted to avoid and positive traits I wanted to adopt. Uh and this reflection is initially what, you know, sought me to, or led me to, to seek out your wisdom. And, um, well, I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> I appreciate you being open to it. <laughs> so what are some of the, uh, key lessons that, or tools that you've learned so far from our conversations? Um, the, the, I would say the first thing, and we talk about this a lot is, is you've taught me how to explore gratitude and, uh, well, I feel like I was doing it. I wasn't quite aware of what gratitude was, how beneficial it could have been, and how it, how beneficial it is in my life. 
let me rephrase that. While I was practicing gratitude, I wasn't making it an active practice and, and, and recognizing the benefits of what gratitude brought brings to a life. And then, you know, the power of journaling, writing my thoughts down, writing my questions down. And the, something I still kind of struggle with is the importance of a routine. Um, you know, both morning and evening rituals. I, um, I've learned to accept myself at the pace of change that I'm, I'm currently going at. And I would say the number one area where I do struggle continuously is establishing that routine. Um, but it's coming. I, yeah, it's coming. It's on the way. I, I've, I've pretty much got my morning routine down. It's my evening routine that is kind of throwing, throwing a wrench in it because I'll start. Uh, that's where my brain turns on. It's right, right whenever I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I'll start thinking of stuff. And and um, you know, next thing you know, I'm getting on my iPad and typing out <laughs> all kinds of know, stuff, all kinds of stuff for the podcast and and the next mission that that we have. And uh, I've learned to accept myself. And the pace of the change that I'm that I'm having, which is I think is a big deal, accepting that I, you know, not everything is going to happen overnight, which is something I've struggled with. Uh, changing deep uh, seated behaviors isn't a quick fix; it's a gradual process. Right. It's, it's not steering a canoe and getting a turn; it's steering the you know the ocean liner, right? And and you know, comparing those two together, you can steer a canoe and make it turn pretty quick, but turning an ocean liner. Is going to take some time. Um, I've even struggled with the process now. You know, it's it's something that it's like I said, it's not an overnight thing. No, but you know, I think I appreciate the fact that you're committed and you're willing to do work at it. Yeah, and I think that's the number one thing that that we all need to understand is 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 working at it is still making that step. So I would say one suggestion to our listeners is get an action partner. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hold you accountable. Someone that you that you feel good about that you know you, you feel that uh, can make you feel better about yourself without berating you. Yeah, and to hold you accountable to some yeah some of those goals. And, and another big thing is is going to be um, you know reflection, self reflection. Oh yeah, yeah. So how's that? Elaborate on your self reflection. How's that been being a key role in your life? Um, I've dedicated uh, time each night before I go to sleep to introspect, which is something that is actually new for my evening routine. So I'll lay down in bed and usually I need to, I can, you know, I like to have something, you know, like read a book or, or listening to a book to help me get to sleep. But before you start doing that, I start to introspect on, on my actions and their impact. So I, I reflect on on what I did for the day and how my actions can affect my my future and how they affect my relationships with other people. I that's a big deal that I that I've started to do, and um, I've also actively sought feedback from my friends and family, from you, from my boss at work. The insights that I receive. They're invaluable in understanding how my be- my behavior affects other people, and and through that I I can see okay well this is what I need to do differently, and this is how my current behavior is affecting this. Well, right now I'm seeing all these positive returns from from how my behavior is changing, 
But in the past, I could definitely see how my behavior has affected my relationships with my parents, um, getting kicked out of my parents' house, you know, all that kind of stuff whenever I was younger. And so just recognizing, having the self-awareness, okay, I behave this way is something that, you know, can affect your life wholeheartedly as a whole is a big deal. You mentioned before you do journaling. How's that help you with your self-improvement? Uh, it's been a, it's actually a cornerstone of, of my journey right now. It's something that keeps my problems a little bit in the forefront of my mind at the same time, whenever I write them down, I, and I believe you told me that, you know, writing down your, your, your issues and writing questions about them and then journaling your gratitude connects the hemispheres of your brain. So it kind of helps, you know, defeat these issues that you have. I jot down my gratitude and thoughts, you know, and then they're probing questions. That's the big deal. I really feel like as well, asking those what and how can I questions rather than why questions is, is something that I've learned has really helped me quite a bit. Like instead of saying, why did this happen to me? Or why is this person acted in this way towards me? What can I do in reaction to how this person is, is treating me? What can I do about, my behavior at work or how can I improve and change my behavior at work? You know, those types of questions I really feel like helped me quite a bit. And then just writing a problem down in my first section of the, of my journaling. And then from there structuring my, my what and how can I questions around that problem. And then, you know, you told me whenever I first started, do it for, that was the first thing that you told me to do when we started talking was to journal questions. And you're like, Nick, all I want you to do is journal questions for four minutes. And so that's something that as I look back, cause I filled up, a, you know, by now I've filled up a couple of little, little journals, right? They're right, not, they're right. not year long ones. Right. And then I look back and, and just the progress of my questions has been huge. <laughs> that, that makes a big impact. I mean, it, it, when you you do the process, you start asking yourself better questions. Yeah. And as yeah. you ask better questions, you get better answers. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. You know, I found writing, like I said, what and how questions are the ones that lead to the best answers, just like you said, uh, for me to pursue. Um, and it... And it what I loved about that whole thing was is that it was when especially starting out on this self-improvement journey, it was really small. This is a small challenge, right? A small four minute thing that I know I can do before I have to leave my house or whatever to go to work and and then kind of get my mind set in a little bit of a, like how can I approach things differently kind of way right and and adding that one small habit made a huge impact on my life. Wow. And then we talked about mindfulness and meditation. How's that helped? Uh, so I, I feel like mindfulness is, is overall encompassing. It's awareness. It's reflection on, on, on your behaviors. It's realizing that I need to, you know, improve myself. And meditation, both of them actually, mindfulness and, and meditation have really increased my self-awareness. You know, helping re recognize impulsive behaviors and negative thought patterns is a big deal. And I really, I've really been learning to do that in my meditation. Through practicing it, it's really not difficult as I imagined. 
and I used the the app. It's called a, it's called Balance. And what I found on that app was it was what really attracted to me to it. It was the first year is free, which is huge. And you guys, if if anything that you pick up that I recommend, we talk about a lot of books and all kinds of stuff. But the Balance app, it makes meditation not overwhelming. A lot right. of a lot of people get into it and feel like you know, okay, whenever I meditate, I, my mind needs to be blank and stuff like that. And it's like, no, it's actually about having, still having thoughts and recognizing what those thoughts are and recognizing the feelings that come with those thoughts and that they don't define who you are. They're, it's, it's bringing awareness to what you're thinking. It's bringing awareness to what you're feeling and that you're not defined by it. And that at the same time, both positive and negative thoughts that you're having throughout the day are there to help you and guide you. This is good. Yeah, and it's one of those things where my favorite thing about this is that I've learned through meditation is that I'm not I'm not my thoughts and my feelings. And I it's up to me to determine how my thoughts and feelings affect me and and what I'm going to do about them. Uh additionally, you know, with the mindfulness, you know, immersing myself in books, uh, podcasts on, you know, personal development and psychology is a big deal. And, and just reading stuff about psychology and, and self-improvement. And, you know, we've, we've talked about a bunch of authors before and I'm going to, I don't know, somewhere, I think on our Facebook page, I'm just going to list all the books that I've, that I've read. There's quite a bit. And, or listened to, I should say. And it's, I haven't just listened to these books once either. And I feel like that's the big deal too, is I've listened to them multiple times. That way the, the you know, reading it or reading it or listening to it once is okay, cool. I got this, but you know, doing it a couple of times, you start to connect the dots. I feel right. like. So what you're saying is all these activities really cultivates a better mental wellness. Yeah. Would you say? And, yeah, it really does. And then that way you can deal with life differently. And, yeah. Right? And makes it more rewarding and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Correct? Yeah. And I mean, it really helps provide crucial insight into the behaviors that we need to change. So I feel like that's a big deal. So it's like kind of like that uh, movie uh, in uh, – what about Bob about, he says, baby steps. Yes. And, and that's where I've really struggled with in the past is I've always wanted to achieve this change, but I've always wanted it all right now. And I never, um, I learned this, the analogy about the, about the ship, right. About steering the ship. And, and again, from that one book, um, oh, unfuck yourself, which whenever I heard that analogy, he's like, listen, we're trying to mold your subconscious and that's the ship. It's not the canoe. It's something that takes a long time to, to turn. And so trying to turn that big ship is going to take a minute. So that's something that I feel like we all need to be aware of. It's not just going to happen overnight. So finally, what about, what's your uh, feelings about setting goals? Um, <clears throat> You know, so setting, you know, specific and measurable goals is something that's very key, I feel like. It helps me stay focused and track my progress and my self-improvement. And it's something that I definitely need to be better at. 
and, and that action partner can help you. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Texting yeah. the person every day. Hey, here's what I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, and constantly working on setting goals and trying trying to follow through with them to my best ability is something that I've really kind of always struggled with my whole life because I've always strived for that instant gratification. I want my the big goal to be done and gone with instead of recognizing the small goals that it takes to get to that big goal. And then at the same time, you keep accomplishing all these small goals. And next thing you know, your big goal has now changed to something, you know, which is still related to your original big goal, but it still keeps evolving. I feel like goal setting is continuous evolution. And it's something that just tackling the small goals and recognizing what the benefit of those small goals are is something that leads up to tackling those big, big goals. Um, and, and I've always had it where, uh, you know, setting goals that I don't see the immediate results from has been really difficult for me. But because of that, I've learned the benefit of achieving a bunch of the small goals in pursuit of the, the, the big ones. Um, and it's something that's starting to feel very rewarding for me. So kind of the takeaway today is, so yeah, right now we're going to take a break for Larry's hypotheticals. <laughs> This is a new segment we're starting to bring into the podcast where Larry presents me a hypothetical scenario and I'll tell you how I used to handle this scenario and how I'm currently going to handle the scenario. Okay. Okay, Nick, you're at the airport. and Place uh, I love to go to. Which you love to. Yeah. <laughs> Especially during holidays. Yeah. And uh, there's a, there, you, you're watching a person, these two people cross from me, you know how you're facing the airport. And this lady reaches down and picks up a package of cookies that was sitting between her and a gentleman just to her right. Uh-huh. And she starts opening it. And the guy to the right starts looking at her as she's opening these cookies. And these are what's called Walker shortbread cookies. You can get there they're in the, all kinds of stores now. But they're made in the, in the U.K. Anyway, as she's opening it up, there's nine cookies in there. And before she gets to the second one, that guy reaches over and grabs the second one. She's going, whoa. Then she grabs the third one. He grabs the fourth, every other one. <clears throat> now, he sees there's nine cookies. Being the gentleman he is, he grabs the last cookie, breaks it in half, and gives it to her. Now, no words are exchanged. And uh, he, he just eventually he just stands up, nods to her, and walks away. And you see this going on. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting on the flight. And uh, I happen to be that person, the cookie snack. Snatcher. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I sit by you, and we just happen to be on the same flight, and they start serving food, and I'm next to you. So my question is, what's your trust level towards me as they serve the food? Uh, You know, kind of. I'm kind of put off. You just got done stealing some ladies' cookies, right? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> um, hey, you know, I'm eyeballing you. Like, keep your hands off my food <laughs> for so, sure. So if I'm really gregarious. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you, you may be thinking I'm probably trying to get you off guard, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you're if, talking to me quite a bit and, and stuff, that, yeah. And if I don't say anything, most likely you think I'm plotting. Yeah, So yeah. Irregardless, your trust level towards me, at least when it comes to food, is pretty low, right? Yeah, yeah. How long would it take you to build the trust level? I don't know. I don't think it would be there unless I you know, sat down for with you for quite a while and maybe shared a couple meals. And <laughs> <laughs> find out, man, are you starving or what's your problem, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the old Nick would respond probably with what? Distrust, anger? 
Just, just trust. I, I don't know if I'd be, I mean, I would, I'd actually probably say like, man, you stole those ladies cookies. I mean, so even you, today, you know, I would probably, cause I'm still kind of a confrontational person. That's something that hasn't gone away. I would be like, dude, like what happened here? Yeah, right? like, at, least, you, at least you'd ask me, right? Yeah. Like, what do you, like, why'd you take those, that lady's cookies? Like, what's your problem? You know, <laughs> like, why do you think it's okay just to take somebody's cookies? Well, that's good. You seek to understand before being understood. So let me tell you the second half of the story. Okay. Okay. Second half, the lady's pretty upset and uh, she goes to the sky shop to buy some antiacid because she's got a little asset out of this. Yeah. And she opens her purse to pay for the antiacid. In her, she finds in her purse her package of cookies. Also, she's reaching in the dude's bag to get those cookies. Guess, guess whose cookies they were? Uh, yeah. Okay. They were okay. Okay. So yeah, that changes the perspective. That, does that change the whole dynamic? Yeah, it does quite a bit. So you're quite a gentleman, letting that <laughs> not even saying a word to the lady about those cookies and, and, and sharing them with her. So the moral of the story is what happens, we only have part of the truth when, we, when we're working with people. Oh, 100%. They, they say or do some things, you go, wow, what was his problem? Well, we don't know what the problem was. Yeah. And so we make assumptions. Exactly. That guy must be a jerk. Yeah. I can't believe he would do that. Or, yeah. You know, but we don't know. Yeah. And so, I, I feel like we see that quite a bit in life too. So, so what I do... I. Years ago, when I learned about this, I remember I was irritated when people would cut me off at the freeway and everything. And then I decided, you know, that person may just lost a person in his life. His yeah. mind's somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he just lost his job. So that that involves a lot with what we're talking about today as well, because that's it's keeping that awareness there and being able to, you know, recognize that our behaviors towards other people that we don't know what their story is can be a big deal. Can be a big deal. So- Depending on, I like the fact that at least you said, hey, you want to seek to understand and tell that person, yeah. ask them, hey, what happened there? Yeah. And then I can say, hey, those were my package of cookies. What? Yeah. yeah they were actually mine. But, <laughs> yeah, okay. know, but yeah. a lot of times we don't even do that. We just make an assumption. Well, he's just a cookie grabber stealer, man. Yeah, exactly. He's a jerk. And so, yeah. And the problem is if I feel that way towards you, how are you going to behave towards me? You're going to think, What's your problem? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if I project low trust, I'm going to reciprocate low trust. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And then that just confirms my belief. So many times we manufacture in the other person the very thing we didn't want. So if I wrap my emotions around a perceived behavior of someone else, I'm allowing their behavior to control my behavior. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's why it's important to recognize your behavior currently, for sure. And that's what we were talking about earlier, about awareness about yeah. our behavior. Yeah. And that's why cultivating a different mindset helps us create a better a view of life and, and actually changes our behavior towards others. And yeah. Then, and then when that behavior is projected, people reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah. And if they reciprocate a good behavior back, you go, oh, hey. This is more meaningful relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a good hypothetical scenario, Larry. <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah. I've never, I have to reflect on that quite a bit. Yeah. That's one to think about. Too, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's for sure. And, and so just everyone I approach now I'll act like they, it was, you know, my cookie packet that they were eating out of rather than their yeah. own. Well, someone yeah. told me when the other day, I heard, a few years ago, someone says, when you meet a person for the first time, just think that the odds are this person's probably going through a crisis. 
In fact, probably 50% or more of anybody you meet is going through a crisis. Yeah. And if you think that, you might treat them differently. Yeah, and especially it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be something that's majorly big either, you know, for it to be a crisis either. Yeah, but they yeah. are taking it as crisis. But if we treat people like they're going through, then that, that in a small way, we're making a difference in their lives. Oh, 100%. It's a pay it forward. Yeah. Hey, what can I do to make this person's life better? And that's the other thing that I want to reflect on real quick is that that helps change our behaviors is paying it forward. Um, be, be giving with gratitude to, towards people is a big deal. And that will really help you open up your mind to acceptance a little bit more rather than going, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, this person doesn't act the way that my friends or I act or my family acts still let's let's learn how to accept those people. Right. Yeah. Well, very good. Yeah. So now we're going to go through uh, some additional ways to achieve uh, change or, and or recognize that you need to change. Um, the first one would be professional development programs. So engaging in structured programs that focus on personal growth and leadership skills can be hugely beneficial. Just seeking out the mentor or your accountability partner you know, that, that can work as well. Uh, this is the second one. And actually I haven't told you yet, Larry, but I have a meeting at the task force to go volunteer there. I think the cool. meeting is, uh, it's the 11th and it's the, you know, the initiation, you know, where they, they let you know the whole structure of the plan and stuff. So the, the local task force here in, here in, uh, town, I'm going to be helping out at. So I feel like that's a big step that I'm going to be taking, in volunteering and community service, that's another way that we can recognize and, and achieve uh, change. And these activities can provide news perspectives. You know, you get to see people that might have less than you or people that have more than you and continue to give. And, uh, and it'll help you understand the impacts of your actions on other people. So, you know, being generous with volunteering and that kind of stuff, you're giving an impact towards someone and making a change in somebody's life. And that's going to be something that can recognize that your your behavior towards other people might need to change. Seeking role models. So identifying and learning from individuals who embody the characteristics you aspire to can be a powerful motivator for change. I'm lucky enough to have a job where I see a lot of positive people and, and get to talk to a lot of people who want to bring benefit to other people's lives. And I get to talk to them <laughs> like I like I did with you. That was a big deal. This fourth one here is uh, physical fitness and health. You know, sometimes taking care of our physical health can lead to improved mental health and better decision making. And it's it's science. You know, they working out releases endorphins that are positive for for our brains, and that's a really big deal. And that's something I know I've been neglecting to do, but with my new year's resolution and, and you know, we've talked before, I hate that word, but cause it's just a goal that you set for yourself that you end up quitting on anyways. So I'd call them life resolutions. Cause if I feel like you have life put in, into it rather than just new year, year is a short term thing in the whole aspect of things, life resolutions. Are, oh, I love that. That's, yeah. that's a better term. Yeah. I like <laughs> yeah. Good one. Good one. Um, so that's what I'm going to be starting with uh, the new year is getting that um, that gym membership and, you know, seeking out, uh, you know, we've we've had him on. Sam has a program 
that he he does you know training and coaching with so i'm gonna talk to him and see if he can't give me a hand with that now the fifth one is going to be experimentation with new hobbies trying new activities can shift your mindset and open up to new ways of thinking and behaving that's where cycling got me whenever i got my fifth driving on a suspended license and was put on house arrest for a year and a half and lost my license, my driver's license for two years. I still had to get to work and work for my house was right at three miles away. And so went and got a bike and started riding and fell back in love with the thing that I used to love to do whenever I was a kid. And that brought me this healthy environment that I get to work in and being surrounded around healthy people. So that there's a perfect example of how finding a new hobby that, you know, especially a healthy hobby can bring you into a different group of people and somebody that you can learn from, you know, people that you can learn from. Regular reviewing and adjusting your goals. Like we've mentioned before, you're going to have all these goals that you're going to try to achieve. These big goals have a bunch of small goals that they're built from. And then accomplishing those small goals to achieve that big goal is going to be something that you know, it's a, cont- a continuous evolution of goals and changing goals and making new positive goals. And as you grow and change, like I said, your goals will evolve too. regular revisiting and adjusting your goals. Ensure they remain relevant and aligned with your personal growth. And then the best, um, and I really feel like this is something that I try to do, uh, and I'm still learning, um, like my failed relationships is learning from failure. Embracing failures as a learning opportunities can provide powerful insights into areas uh, that need changing. And, and, and that reminds me back to your question is what can I learn? From, you said those journaling. Yeah. What can I learn from this? Yes. It can make, I can progress forward. Yeah. Yeah. What can I learn from this that progresses me forward? Um, you know, who can I, or how can I make myself a better person to attract the people that I want to have in my life is, is one of the big questions I ask myself all the time. And I feel like that keeps me on track to my goal setting and, <laughs> and all that. So everything we're talking about here is basically all encompassing. It all, uh, it all goes, you know, hand in hand and all together for sure. And then I, I feel like this is something that I've, I really need to, practice this next uh this next thing to encompassing behavioral change and changing your life is traveling and exploring new cultures and that's some of my goals that i've had that i have set up for my future um next winter i plan to go to japan i want to i've always wanted to go to japan and and see and see what japan's all about but whenever i was a kid i was lucky enough to be able to travel quite a bit um and, and got to experience different cultures that whenever I think it's most important when you're young and see what other people live in, you know, that way you can come back and recognize, okay, I don't have it so bad, but you know, as a kid, that stuff is so easily forgotten. Right. Right. Um, so where I can reflect on it now and realize the benefit that it gave me, I didn't see the benefit that it gave me whenever I was younger and just experiencing different cultures can offer a fresh, a fresh perspective and challenge existing beliefs and behaviors. You get to see how other people live their lives and say, okay, well, 
that's actually really cool. <laughs> you know, they, you know, I, I, I severely want to go to Spain because I heard their work culture is absolutely crazy and everything is closed all the time because everybody's always taking siestas and stuff. <laughs> and it was this way when I was when I was cycling. I started out in Spain and I was surprised in the afternoon everybody was closed, yeah. including the bike shops. Yeah. For three or four hours. The guy, I called the guy up and says, hey, I'll see you at 5 p.m. I go, what? Yeah, I'm off this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, man, that is crazy awesome. You know, just get to relax and and the the low um how do I phrase this? It's like uh okay, we 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 work to live and not live to work, right? Yeah. And that and that's that's an uh that's a culture I really want to experience. Um in Japan, yeah, my niece says what she was surprised is how healthy they eat. Oh yeah, oh my gosh, they're, they're they're just they're balancing their life balance and particularly their nutrition is so much better than American. I, I had a I had a customer that came into the bike shop and this is what really made me want to go visit is that she's like, yeah, I forgot my purse on a bus bench, and I came back the next day and it was still there. It's just like okay, <laughs> that's that's that is unheard of in America. Yeah, I well, I was in the airport in Japan years ago, traveling back from Taiwan, and I left my camera, and uh, I don't know, I, I just forgot it at the counter, and I went away for two couple hours to go to lunch, and I thought, oh shoot, it's gonna be gone. I came back, it was still there. Yeah, untouched. I couldn't yeah. believe it. So that really, I really want to you know visit that culture for sure, and and uh, just learn to appreciate their honesty and honor that they have over there and and not to mention the car scene you know the japanese cars are some of my favorites so i'm excited to go over there and check that out as well but just their culture their food all that kind of stuff i'm excited to go to go learn about so now we can wrap up today's show we're gonna go over a few of the ways that i've embodied change and that i recognize that i need to change you know the first off was uh it's never too late to realize that you can change yourself and your behaviors, and then it's going to involve self uh, self reflection and awareness. Do you have anything to add to that first? Uh, I think, like you just said, in your process was writing questions every day. Yeah, hundred percent. And that that's kind of a baby step method of seeing some changes you need to make. Yeah, the uh, the first thing really after recognizing that I need to change. Um, what worked for me was reaching out to positive people and, and talking to them, asking them for help um, and emulate people that, you, uh, the, you know, that you want to emulate positive people that you have in your life that you want to emulate. And if those people are hard to find for you, maybe search for groups that can be viewed in the same manner, you know, search for the, the church group or, you know, go to an AA meeting or something where you um, can see these groups. Uh, another thing we've gone over today is practicing gratitude. Now, Larry and I always talk about gratitude quite a bit. And uh, no, these aren't going to be in your notes, Larry. I added them after the fact. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, we, Larry and I will always talk about gratitude. I feel like gratitude is one of the most positive things that we can embody in our lives because it it's it gives us the opportunity to look at what we have and realize that maybe our lives aren't so bad and we don't have a reason really to be down on ourselves. And then journaling about problems I'm you're facing and you know question those problems. 
uh, through questioning, you could find the answers that help you overcome your problems. So if you, instead of going, my problem is this, what's the answer to it? Instead say, my problem is this, what's the question that I can ask about it? And that'll give me the answer to it. Right. Um, being mindful and practice meditation or prayer. If that if that's a thing that appeals to you through mindfulness and meditation, you become more aware of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and triggers for negative thoughts and feelings and learn how to use them, become to a better version of yourself. That's one thing I've noticed whenever I'm meditating with the Balance app. I'm on, they have these plans that are called foundations and I'm on foundation six. I have a thousand minutes of meditation in since since I started, which is wow. yeah, that's quite a bit of quite a bit of time, but really it's only fifteen minutes a day, which is a big deal. Um and and they're they're you know in the foundation six plan, I'm learning how it's either foundation five or six, but I'm learning how to just embrace the quiet, you know, not have so much of a guided meditation. I'm guiding myself through this meditation. But before they do this, they they say, okay, now you're gonna take you're going to have thoughts that come up. You're going to have feelings that come up with those thoughts. The feelings are judgments to our thoughts. So let go of the judgments. And at the same time, let go of the thoughts. Learn to embrace them. Don't judge them. Recognize them as either positive, negative, or neutral. And just let them wash away. You know, thoughts come to our brain like the waves come to the ocean. And there's nothing that we can do to stop them. We're always going to have those things. And that's our brain working how it's designed to work and, you know, tr- just trying to maintain a, a quiet blank mind when you're meditating is not the goal. The goal is to recognize that you're still going to think and that you're in control of how these thoughts and, and feelings impact you. They're not in control of you. And the best one is going to be setting a routine. That's something that I still struggle with. You know, that's something that we covered today. Both morning and evening routines can help structure your life and give you the motivation and positive mindset to help you achieve the change you're looking for. If you're looking for that morning routine, and this is something that I listen to the Morning Miracle book once a week, and I'm still like, man, this is a challenge, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's about, it's, it's big on getting up in that earlier time so you can have that that set morning routine before you get ready for the rest of your day or before you go to work and that kind of stuff. And it involves, you know, the savers program, which I check in with you to let you know I did my savers, which is scribing. A silence, which is oh, meditation. Yeah, silence. meditation yeah, prayer. Yeah, yeah. Affirmations, which is, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm a good person that right. way. And that kind of thing, visualization. So visualize how you want your day to go, what your goals are, uh, what what you want to achieve for your daily project. E exercise, yeah, exercise, which is the one that I'm getting ready to start incorporating into my life. R is reading, so read a page. You know, read two pages. Make it a book that is you know, maybe mostly centered around self-improvement or something. Or if, if that doesn't strike you, just reading period is going to be something that really helps your brain activate. And then what scribing. Yeah. Scribing, journaling, journaling. That's the last one. And 
you can do these in any, any order as well. You don't have to do them in as, as they're, you know, as savers is explained out, you can do them in any, any order. And if there's anything that you want to really help you, you know, start a morning routine, definitely get that the morning miracle book. That's a really good book or just listen to it. Whatever you can do, go check it out at the library. Yep. By Hal Elrod. Yeah. Good stuff. And you, you, you can Google it and yeah. he can give you some information too. Yeah. And he has an app out there too that provides right. a lot of support as well. It's true. Setting goals is the last thing that we've gone over today, Larry. Set measurable goals and especially goals centered around becoming more self-aware and acquiring self-improvement can help you stay on track for your continued improvement, both physically and mentally. I think to expand on this, we're going to take make this a topic for the next for uh, a next episode, maybe down the road. Because next week we're going to bring in uh, John, okay. yeah, the district attorney who has a different approach on uh, practicing prosecution in the in the current law. Even though he 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 uh, got you know a little overwhelmed with the job because he was just so displeased with how they they wanted to prosecute criminals. He ended up quitting being a district attorney, but I really loved his approach that he had. And this guy is again some a customer I met through the bike shop. <laughs> so uh, I'm so grateful for this job. It brings me all these positive people that I can interact with. Additionally, somebody that I used to ride bikes with quite a bit. John and I used to go on group rides all the time together, and one of the one of the best people that I've ever surrounded myself with in my life. And and. Uh, I'm really excited to bring him into the show and and see what he has. He has a lot of good things to say. He's been he's a lawyer and he's been a lawyer for doctors and he's been a lawyer for, you know, a district attorney, all kinds of stuff. Really awesome guy. And so, but after that, I feel like that next episode that we're going to we're going to talk about is setting goals and the power of setting goals. So, make sure you all stay tuned for that episode as well. So from there, we're going to sign off and thank you for listening. I'm Nick. I'm Larry. And as Larry likes to say, have a grateful day. As we wrap up today's episode of Love Truth Leadership, I want to thank you for tuning in and exploring the transformative power of personal change with us. Don't miss our next episode where we will be joined by the remarkable John England. John's journey from an attorney at law and deputy district attorney to a healthcare consultant and CEO offers a wealth of experience and insight. His diverse background and commitment to community service are sure to inspire. So join us next time for an engaging conversation with John England, where we'll dive into the intersections of law, leadership, and life lessons. And remember, leadership is not just a title but the profound expression of the love and truth we bring into the world. And as always, Larry and I greatly appreciate you. Thank you for listening.